On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Hello, my name is Matthew Robinson, and while we've never paid any attention or given any importance to titles or positions here on this show, it's worth acknowledging before the following statement that I am the final arbiter on what makes air here on the Tall Can Audio Podcast. At no point have I ever told a co-host, a guest, or any other personality what they can and can't say here. There has been a rare circumstance or two where, after a show is finished, I have circled back and asked someone if they wanted something they had said included if I believed it could be misunderstood or if they had misspoken. In those rare instances, if they said they wanted it left in, it stayed in. So no one has ever been censored here. But it is worth noting that as the person who makes the final edits on the podcast, ultimately I am responsible for what is said here, and nothing appears on the Tall Can Audio podcast without me signing off on it. With that said, I'd like to read you a tweet, given that this is our first show since the Supreme Court of the United States savagely stole the rights of 170 million women in America on Friday. From Andrea Junker, quote, I've said it once, and I will say it a thousand times. The treatment for an ectopic pregnancy, a septic uterus, or a miscarriage that your body won't release, is an abortion. If you can't get those abortions, you die. You die. End quote. I don't know what an ectopic pregnancy is. I should, but I don't. I don't know what septic uterus means. I should, but I don't. I don't know what causes a body to not release a miscarriage. I should, but I don't. I can't possibly imagine I am the only man listening to this with that same lack of understanding. Once you acknowledge this lack of understanding, can you envision any scenario where your uneducated and uninformed self should be entitled to an opinion, let alone a vote, on what a woman experiencing one of these situations decides to do with her body to resolve it? No political party, no church, no government, and no court gets to weigh in. There is a lot on this subject that I don't understand, but the one thing that has been made crystal clear to me is that it is no longer enough to be a quiet ally who empathizes that this is a bad situation and then simply carries on with his day. So let me state here and now, loudly, clearly, and unequivocally, all women have the right to choose, and I will stand with you to defend that right. Friday's decision was an American one, and it was disgusting but we are far from assured that this will not become a Canadian situation as well. Let me once again be clear. I will stand with you here as well. It is not yet clear to me right now what more this small show can say or do at this time to help, but we will remain open to all advice. But in the meantime, let me say to all women hearing this right now, you are welcome here. You are supported here. You are valued here. You are respected here. You have an ally here. And you are safe here.
Thank you. With that, here is episode 982 of Talk Hand Audio. This is Tall Can Audio, Canada's number one craft beer fueled sports show. Here's your hosts, Rob Christie and Matt Robinson. And away we go once more on an all new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. This is episode 982. As the good woman said, my name's Matt Robinson. His name is Rob Christie. Make sure you're following along on social media at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're hearing us right now. With all the direct instructions out of the way, we bring in Rob. What are you saying today, man? I'm saying uh, bring on fall. Where's fall at? I could use a little of that right now. Where my fall at? Yeah. <laughs> Three days of summer, that's a... Uh, especially when you get that... You know, my balls is hot, kind of Ottawa humid yeah, okay. type deal. Yeah. I, I could really go with, uh, you know, a little 22, a little sweet 22 action. No, uh, It's not affecting whether I get in the pool or not. Yeah, no Bring struggle with that here Lakeside either, right? You just, uh, you know what? In, in last night, about 12.30, got home. Uh, pre, pre-bed dunk, right? In, cool off, and, uh, and carry right on, man. But uh, yeah. not everybody has the luxury, I suppose. Well, I was actually in the pool yesterday, cut the grass, hit the pool, into the air conditioning, and it's only an above-ground pool. Mm-hmm. It's not. Uh, it's it's nice. It's good. All that, but it's you know it's fairly middle of the road. Sure. But it's it's really. I was thinking to myself, I don't have a lot of needs, <laughs> but a, a little. You know, a little water, a little AC, mm-hmm. and Rob is really fairly content right all right because because most days when we start the show rob seems less content he's always he's got he's got a gripe he wants to tell the world about oh well you know what my air conditioner yeah, okay. now that we're talking about <laughs> yeah, it all right it, it's working sort of uh, to me it's it, now it's hard when it's 32 to know if it's if it's working optimally mm-hmm. but it sounds like maybe there's a wrench in it like actually, so, a wrench has fallen inside. Exactly, it, it's yeah. making this sound right that the neighbors, <laughs> if they don't have AC, are probably saying, "What the hell is going on there?" Right. So I, I phone my my good guys in the green vans. Oh, I just heard the. Uh, I know different one. Yeah. Um, Let the green trucks save you big bucks. Is the commercial oh, around here? Well, okay, they got to save me bucks, but they got to show up. I'm, yes. they're, they're booking into <laughs> August. Oof. Now, if I if she's like, is it working? And I'm like, yeah, it's working, but it can't be working optimally, yeah. and it may crap out at any time. Working ish. Like, yeah, and she's like, oh well, if it was broken, we'd be there today. Yeah. <laughs> but because it's working, we'll see you in August. And then she's like, thanks very much. Is there anything else I can do for you? And I'm like, you can get me a fucking earlier appointment. Yeah, you can forget that I just said it's working. <laughs> And, and she's today. like, okay, yeah, sorry, thanks. Yeah. Click, and I'm like, all right. I'll be canceling that appointment, just so as you know. I hate your green truck. Yeah. yeah. Cram that in your pipe and smoke it. What are we cracking into? I'm going with something that I fully expect to not like today. Okay. I'm going I'm with something too called- good. I'm in too good of a mood. Yeah, I got to exactly. reel things in here. <laughs> I'm going with something called the wind-up. Okay. So this is a lagered ale with 
Pinot Noir. Fascinating. From our good friends over at Grain and Grit. Okay. Now, they come in the small cans, and mm-hmm. it's coming in at 6.4. I wanted to pour it because I wanted to get a look at it. Yeah. Well, that's two cracks. To... Yeah, that's two cracks because it's a small can, man. man. Okay. I got a pint glass here, yeah. and I wanted to... You got a pail. I'm looking to... Yeah, I like... <laughs> Yeah, I got a boot that I want to pour it into, and yeah, so it's it's looking medium medium dark, a little mm-hmm. hazy, but fat head on it, much like the drinker. Right. So I'm going to take a pull on this, but I expect it to be a little on the sour side. I, I, I'm, I'm that would sort of be my yeah loose interpretation. What do you got over there well. today, Matt? All right, just trampling right over top of old Matt here as we. Uh, uh, I got a couple things sitting in front of me as it's been a good week for for pints being dropped in front of me. So I got two things sitting here. The first one is from uh, Nickelbrook, and this is the uh, Starlight All Night. And uh, they say it's perfect for, it's a stout at uh, 4.2%. Perfect for uh, being fireside and in enjoying the uh, the stars of the evening. So I got that to look at here. And I've got uh, uh, Matty Lang was on the show earlier in the week. He brought a pile of stuff from left field like a, like a real oh, gent. He's good with the left field stuff. Yeah, exactly. And he knows I'm big into that too. So there, he he brought some stuff. He left some stuff. We we drank some stuff. Uh, this though is one of their seltzers, and uh, I had one when he was up here midweek. And uh, uh, w- but uh, it's a black cherry seltzer from uh, from left field. Obviously, slightly lower alcohol percentage there. But uh, you know, fi- figured we'd bring two to the table here, man. So uh, what's the first pull taste like on that? Yeah, well, it's, I'm not getting much of the lager or the ale. I guess a little bit more on the ale side, and it is a little bit sour, right? It is a bit of that wine. Now, I could tell a Pinot Noir from a Pinot Grigio, so um, I'm not going to break down the wine portion, but I am getting, I am getting more of the wine than, I, than I'd like, but I fully anticipated that, yeah. right? And so a lager ale coming in at 64 um, yeah, and the head comes up like a mofo, but it's not bad. Okay. I, I wouldn't, uh, I probably wouldn't drink a pile of them, but I will drink these too. Right. And I'm, I'm backing it up with an Italian Pilsner that I can't remember who it's from, but yeah, just in case or just because. Yeah. Well, this says, uh, this stout here is the one I've cracked first and, uh, it says it's supposed to have a little chocolate to it or whatever, but the thing I'm getting more out of it off the top and it is in the description is that it's toasty. Like it's got that kind of toasted feeling to it a little, little bit. Which, yeah, I'm kind of enjoying that on the on the first pull. It's a nice now. Nickelbrook doesn't do much poorly, right? Like no, I was gonna say they most things they do they do well. Yeah, so uh, so that's cool. That one uh, we're enjoying. That we'll get to the uh, the black cherry seltzer there in a little bit. But uh, it's been a good week, man. I've seen a few of the boys dropping by all with pints. Uh, I've frequently referenced the old Flame Brewing Company on here as a place that I uh, I like from from close to back home and a couple of the boys rolled through on Saturday with uh, some offerings from there, including uh, something that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, they were calling it their mimosa uh, citrus lager. And a little champagne and orange juice? Uh, supposedly, yeah. And honestly, I expected, sort of like what you were saying there, like you kind of go into it with an expectation. I expected this to be more citrusy or more orangey than I liked. Um, but they didn't go over the top with it. And uh I guess if if you wanted to criticize, it, you might say a little plain for what they were calling it. But I was, as someone who doesn't like a ton of citrus flavor in my beer, I was happy that they didn't really lean into that. Right. So, a couple new things from uh, 
uh, from Old Flame, including also something they're calling Hazy Blonde, which was uh, pretty nice as well. So it's been a good week of beers, man. Yeah, well, you deserve it, Matt. I do. I was telling you before you left, I after do. that, <laughs> after being crushed by the uh, the power outage and yes. just on the on the tail end of two years of absolute shite, yeah. <laughs> you deserve a little bit of, uh, you know, lakeside time, buddies rolling through with pints. Yeah. Like, really, I think if anybody deserves it, and, I, you know, I don't often say this, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you you deserve it. You deserve a little bit of uh, a little bit of mat time. Well, I appreciate that, man. But uh, yeah, it's it's been beauty, right? After uh, the last week or so down here, the weather's been absolutely gorgeous. So yeah, late night swims, and it's been thirty degrees most days, and yeah, lots of beers and uh, and stuff. So company's been tolerable. Tolerable for the most part. Yeah, the last <laughs> day or two. The uh, Jesus Christ. The uh, you you made an excellent point when we were trading emails there on Wednesday that uh, that. The company, I, I had said, was was enjoyable and people I liked or whatever. And you pointed out, do you think the missing party is just self-aware enough to be giving this to you as a gift? It's like, no. <laughs> no, I don't. Self-awareness is a gift rarely given. <laughs> and I, I believe it's the opposite. He would interpret his presence as the gift and uh, not presence T-S, presence C-E. So, um, yeah, but... Uh, if if there was self awareness involved there, it expired at eleven fifty nine on June twenty second, and uh, the yeah. gift was was ended. So, yeah, we're 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 talking about now with his dial tone political views, the uh, the fuck Trudeau flags. There, it's free speech. He goes, I I get it. Some people don't like it. Maybe if it was just a a bumper sticker or a window sticker, and you're like, really? It's so it's not the language that you're under 10 year old children are reading as they're passing on the highway that you're worried about you you think the size is really the uh does he have one no well oh not that he brings here uh i i can't say that he doesn't have one but he's defending it big time and uh, the freedom convoy apparently getting set to roll back into ottawa on canada day man not not on to wellington i was I thought you were gonna say not into into rob's uh <laughs> rob's boulevard not into brightwood <laughs> right no, the, hey, early in the convoy, there was somebody down at the end of the crescent with a fuck Trudeau flag on his truck. Yeah. Now that lasted one day. Maybe I, got I, a I'm, look at what they were doing and went, "Oh, this is it." I think there are some people who feel like fuck Trudeau, and and, yep. if, and if that's your deal, that's your deal. Of course, yeah. Um, but when you see all the other stuff associated with what was happening, yeah, I don't you need to be you, a part of that in my driveway. Right, you sort of go, well, okay, I, 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 yeah, all right, I just don't want to be. So I, I think there are some people, and, and let's be honest, that's that's polarizing bullshit kind of politics, which which is doesn't achieve much. It really doesn't. Like, do you have a point? Do you have a specific critique? Do you have something in particular? Or are you just wetting your diaper and yeah, I don't like that guy and everything's yeah. the government's fault and the uh, the hashtag that uh, the the people not happy to see the convoy rolling back in on Canada Day are using seems to be the Freedom Convoy, but F R E E D U M B convoy is the <laughs> so and look the the mask mandates they're gone. The vaccine mandates are gone. You can fly. You can travel. I, I don't know what's left to complain about, but we're coming. We don't like Justin. We're going to fuck up Canada today. I guess that's well, the plan. Huh? And, and I can't remember the guy who just got who just got let out or just found, you know, they, they said if you plead guilty to, to one of the Is four charges. 
Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to say. I know up came, until this week he was still in. I didn't know he got let out. It, if that's it who you're didn't, talking about. No. Anyways, whoever it was, and, and it doesn't strike me as Pat King, another guy. Anyways, he's standing on the front steps and he's and he's and he's yelling to this crowd of of supporters. I'm a fucking freedom fighter, uh. and 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 he's serious. Yeah. Right. If you were to say it, and you're like, you expect a laugh, right? You're right. Like, <laughs> but no, he. It's like. Me and Shay, we're like one and the same, yeah, right? Cool. And you're like, man, you are... A dial tone. Um, completely misunderstanding what it is. But you know what, man? Like yelling I mean, communist. Yelling, like communism, it has a definition. It has very little to do with masks and vaccines and just general disapproval of Justin Trudeau. And I, look. We've all been through governments that we don't like, that we didn't vote for, and you don't have to like what they do. Maybe the giant profanity-laced flag on the back of your truck's a little over the top. Yeah, get it and vote. Use your democratic right and rally. Rally support. That, that, is, that is what the democratic movement says. It's true, man. And, and you're right. I didn't vote for Doug Ford. It's but true. guess what? That is the legally elected government of the here. province did, and that was enough. <laughs> yeah, but this is it. And so at the end, I don't go, oh, my God, this is, this is terrible. Hey, yeah. rally more people. Vote. If that's how you feel about it, if you feel that's a run. I have thought, fuck Doug Ford. I have muttered, fuck Doug Ford. I have not hung a flag from my balcony that says, fuck Doug Ford. Like, well, because you know why, Matt? Probably half have... my building is full of his voters, yeah, well, I assume. <laughs> but you also have... It's the it's to me that's the equivalent of of a well crafted point that is responded to with yeah but you're dumb right you're stupid <laughs> you haven't left you much. have an ugly face <laughs> right. whatever it is right you're like we still talking about Ford what's happening here right <laughs> <laughs> it's hitting a little close to the yeah like, honestly man three minutes ago it was good for you Matt and now it's ugly <laughs> face <laughs> yes if I break into the burlap for a bur- for for a belt then you'll know that I've maybe. Mm. Moved off that. All right. Uh, yeah, the... Uh, anyway, that's where we stand. It's been a, a, a great week, for the most part, with, uh, with smatterings of stupid sprinkled in between. Well, and you know what, Matt? Yeah. When you talk about great weeks, yeah. this, is, this is Rob's last week of working five days, and thankfully there's a stat holiday at the end of it to make it only four. Nice. I've taken Monday and Tuesday off every week till Labor Day. July and August. Gorgeous, man. Four-day weekends for this guy for the next two months. So, woohoo! So you're not saying fuck, Justin. Things are good in Rob's world. <laughs> not it, that man. it has much to do things, with him. Things but, are uh, good, and it still leaves me. I still got about seven more holidays to sprinkle out through the fall. Yeah, because normally you take a week or two and uh, and disappear for, you know, rent a cottage or, or head yep. off somewhere, and you've decided to take the different approach and just kind of lighten up the weeks through the whole summer. You know what? Like anything that you go, oh, I love doing this. We did six years of of getting together with um, the in law side of the family. We and, love that. You know, do we? A week. Sorry, we two have weeks. different in laws. <laughs> yeah, uh, or or four weeks in one sense, but in one case, but uh, it sort of reaches its expiry date, and you go, this needs a hard reset. Sure. And so that's what this summer is. Yeah. It's really more, there'll be a couple of weekends away with the four-day weekends. Yeah. Uh, it allows for some trips down. I'm going to head down and see my younger brother in Toronto and get an Airbnb downtown. Nice. Maybe taking a Jays game. Yeah. 
right? Just sort of a couple of weekends away, but more or less stay close. You know, have the nice yard, got the pool, like just kind of save a couple of bucks. Maybe there's some things around the house that need to get done. Since so, literally everything right now costs a fucking arm and a leg to go and do. Well, talk, talking to my, talking to my boy, ass sniffer three there. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> yeah. Him, him talking. I was surprised. He's like, yeah, I got myself uh and I, he didn't say what it was, but it's a V8. And he's using Octane Boost. He's like, it's 200 bucks a tank. Yep. And I'm like, oof. Like, well, my old man's on, got man. the big truck too, right? And he's saying, Jesus, like, he's rolling out in mom's car now as often as not. Just let's save a couple of dollars here. Well, we were uh, sitting out on Saturday afternoon on the on the balcony, that, or on the patio, not far from the lake here. We were uh, having a conversation at this giant cigarette boat goes ripping by that oh, yeah. literally had to stop talking, right? Just because it was so loud as it went by. And my buddy's like, Jesus Christ, the 120 feet that he cruised just to interrupt our conversation yeah. was $90 alone. Like, forget yeah. what the full tank cost. Just that interruption cost that guy 90 bucks. <laughs> like, Yeah. Well, hey, you're paying two bucks at the shell down the road? Yeah. Try getting that at a marina. On the water? Yeah. No, they got you by the... By the nuts for sure, man. And, and by the cigar. <laughs> so uh should mention next Saturday, July second, UFC two seventy six. Good looking card, man. It's uh Jared Cannonier going for the middleweight title against uh Israel Adesanya. Lauren Murphy's taking on Misha Tate. We got a featherweight title fight. Is they're gonna run it back again? We've talked about before in that featherweight division. Alexander Volkanovsky taking on um oh sh- uh Max Holloway. Almost lost the name. That's the third time they're going to run that fight because that's uh, that division's a little thin. It's a good looking card. When we do that, Creech and Bunda coming in. They're going to help us on uh, on Thursday morning. Tee up that card. We'll do that one remotely here. Uh, like I said, we'll drop that for you on Thursday morning. But I put the call out to those guys. See if they were interested. And both of them took one look at that card and went, "Yep, we got to do that." So uh, UFC two seventy six preview show coming Thursday morning with Creech and Bunda. Stacked card, man. It's looking good. And uh, man, Adesanya versus Cannoneer. That's a top-end main event, the way Izzy is already kind of pushing himself, starting to get into that conversation of best pound-for-pound. You know, I don't think he's quite there yet, but his striking styles, he just keeps people off balance. He's he's the most advanced striker for me in the UFC, just with the different strategies he comes with. He changes levels, he changes angles, all these things. Cannoneer, not as advanced, but bombs, like hits hard. And so we're going to kind of see that that difference in styles. It's going to be a good-looking main event. Uh, should be a good show. Puncher's chance. That's what they call that, Of Matt. course, man. Of course. Uh, where do you want to start here, man? We got some hockey we want to touch on. We got some baseball we want to touch on. Uh, the floor is yours. Uh, you know what? Let's start with the Stanley Cup final. All right. So as we sit here right now, uh, the Avs up 3-2, to two, game 6 going later on tonight. So you'll know what happened uh, before we get here. But it has been an interesting series. We've seen the... Uh, Oh, the the too many men on the ice that was slash wasn't. Uh, we have seen, um, you know, guys coming in and out of the lineup. Kadri's heroic return, point giving it all he has before having to step away again. Burakovsky goes down. Uh, what's on your mind? I'm seeing a game seven, so you'll know right away when you hear this in the morning. Rob's an idiot. I mean, you may have knew that before you before <laughs> that you when started I the play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows? But. I'm I'm seeing the Avs in seven, maybe, but I I, I think it's going to be hard. I I just 
if you look at, if you you can't take it away, but that game two seven zip or whatever mm-hmm. it was, there's been a lot of a lot of sort of the abs seem to have to really work hard for for what they get for as talented as they are, right? Like yep. it, there's there's just shit that goes through, and I I just I feel like I feel like a lightning win tonight. Probably an abs in seven. I, I, I what kind of win? Is this one of those Vasilevsky does his thing kind of nights, or are we going like to see some fireworks? Nothing, you yeah, mean? yeah, yeah. I, it's low. It's low unless Kemper has one of his Kemper nights. Yeah. Um, but he's been good. Kemper has been. I didn't love his game five. No, and, the two squeakers there, and yep, yeah. And there's been some stuff where you're like, "Eesh," you know, the game three where yep. there was some things, but but he hasn't had a game two. <laughs> Seven no. being pumped by him. Well, and this is it, right? And so as long as Kemper is is Niemi Osgood Crawford kind of so kind of good, like <laughs> you don't need to steal this for us. Right. Right? You just, just don't can't. steal it from us. Exactly exactly, Matt. And so to me, Vasilevsky, I, I'm not sure we've seen the Vasilevsky we've seen in other years. No. But this really feels like well, don't you think uh, right now, to me, the Panthers series is the only series so far where you could say 100% clearly Vasilevsky has been by far the better goalie. Like, you go in paying that guy $9 million, expecting him to steal wins for and he's had those games. We have seen those things. But over the course of an entire series, could you say for sure he's been way better than Campbell? Probably not. Could you say no. he was way better than Shesterkin? Not really. And can you even say he's been way better than Kemper? No. So I think very much like you like Colorado wanted that done at home in game five. They right. don't want to go back to Tampa, risk doing Vasilevsky doing his thing on Tampa's home ice, and now yep. it's a coin flip in game seven. I think Colorado badly wanted that done in five. Yeah. See, to me it's to me it comes down to that game four where the one puck goes off of, I can't remember who, and the second puck goes off of Cogliano. Like, yep. like it's, that is hockey, man. Those are the breaks you make, and you go, fuck, if I put enough at you, yep. it's going to bounce off of something, right? To me, Vasilevsky is the better point-blank chance or grade-A chances. Vasilevsky has been the better, but he hasn't, he hasn't I, and this is anecdotal, yeah. um, he hasn't been the... The deep freeze game no. seven, you know, closing out shutout guy. I, I just I haven't seen a lot of that. And dudes played a pile of hockey over the past three years. Like yep. how many? And not even he- right. There was that August bubble. Like it's not even like most teams when they go deep for three straight years, and it always ends in late June, and you still have the short summer. There's still the. Actually, we finished one in mid-July, and we finished one in October and started a month and a half later, and yeah, it's been a lot of hockey for a lot of those guys. Yeah, and so you just, you would, if you're Tampa Bay, and, and I've actually been actively looking, you know, hoping for Tampa to win. Really? Yeah, more so for, it's, it's a great story in this day and age when you don't get, you don't get three-peats. Right. Right, it just doesn't happen, especially in the salary cap era. Mm-hmm. Whether they were, you know, seventeen million, million over, over yeah. or whatever, <laughs> um, we can talk about that. But it's not the case right now. Yep. Right. It, <clears throat> excuse me. And so, to me, it's a 
I think I think when they first won the cup and we're like, yeah, that's that's Eiserman built team, right? But I think we discount all the work that, that Julian Breezebois done, right? In terms of the Coleman's, the Goudros, the Nick Pauls, like just Brandon just Hagel, the, yeah. The Hagels, right? The, the, these all in making the right moves. Because people lots of people make moves. Sure. Right? We see it all the time, right? And they don't work. Yep. And I'm not sure Hagel has been as good as as you would have hoped he would have been. But, but the deal with him was you paid so much because he's got more years and he's still cheap, yep. like he's not a UFA. So you're right. I, it's, the made, Coleman, it's the Coleman Goudreau thing. Yeah. Yeah. Got years to years to spend on it. And those are those are that's a key pro scouting thing, right? Not just to find yep. pieces that fit, but fit at a cheap cost for more than just a rental uh time for Nick Paul is gonna be a UFA, but you know, over the you mentioned the two there and obviously Hagel and, and like they've done a really nice job there and, and Julian Brisebois, yeah. He he maybe had that kind of Brian Burke on on Brian Murray Anaheim yep. thing, right? On the first one. But yep. what he has done to keep them alive here for these last two years and, and keep the, the fresh blood coming in and keep this thing afloat, yeah, he deserves a ton of credit for that, man. And that's so, one of the things we talk about with that new GM of the year award. And a bunch of the GMs kind of balk at it and go, you get that on the last game. Like, whoever wins the cup is the GM of the year, right? The They've the built year. the best team, and I got time for that argument, too. Yep, for sure. For sure. Um, and, and my default usually is to whoever, you know, I hate the team that's in my division. I don't want to see, you know, the Yankees or the whatever, you know what I mean? You know, or the Leafs, the Bruins, the, the, the yeah. Habs, whoever it is, you're right. Psh, forget it. But... I, I just don't have that same feeling, and I think that I think the story behind the three peat is is intriguing for me. That's that's really where I go. I like what the Avs are doing. There's some selfishness to that. That's who I've been rooting to. Obviously, I'm cheering for Nas, right? I want to see that guy get it done. And I, Maddie and I talked about this. I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not. If I'm Nazem Kadri, and I I got that kind of fuck you attitude that he has sometimes. I will have on my day with the Stanley Cup, I will have the Young Street Parade. I will be at the CN Tower. Uh, Phil did it a little, right? He brought the thing home and had hot dogs out of it at the address that Steve Simmons claimed. Uh, uh, he, and fucking love Phil, too. But if I'm Nas, and he, I, I'd frame it carefully because I know he loves the fan. And the, I, from what I'm seeing on Leafs Twitter, they're solidly behind Kadri. Like, they, they still love Nas. I'm going to say, you know, in that post-game press conference, someone's going to ask him. You know, do you wish you could have done this in Toronto or does this, you know, change your feelings on being traded from something like that? And I would be right there to go, yeah, you know, I wish I would have had the opportunity to do this for Leaf fans or something and really kind of twist the knife on Dubas and Shanahan, but kind of still warm up to the people cheering for me. And I I would bring the cup to Toronto and and. I would plan the parade, as they say, right? I, I would be right all Who's over. Who's asking it. that question? Someone's got, Steve Simmons, probably. Uh, That's a douche question. The guy's been gone what three years? Uh, at least two. Yeah, maybe it is three. Yeah, one year. Yeah, with he wasn't Tyson with... Berry, and then Berry <laughs> gone for two years. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so, so to me, three years out, and you go, Psh, that is so You know old someone's going to ask it. It's, I know, but that, that's got to be a Toronto reporter. Of it course does. it is, man. So I, I've kind of been cheering for him. And just in general, I like, and we talked last week about the, the, the style of building a team, right? The Colorado's done it better, but it's not that different than what Dubas has tried to do. So I want to see that be successful just for my own mental health, right? <laughs> that it can work. Uh, well, 
And I think you're I think you're right. Yeah. I think I think hockey wants to see the the way tam- the way Colorado plays. Yeah. Right? The get up and go, sure. get up and go and it's fast. Like honest to god, you watch the skill that's on display and and I th- it's we talk about it like like Tampa's you know <laughs> the 95 devils or... yeah baloney or something right it's, yeah they it's, still got like, cooch cruising around out there and stamp goes and you know yeah they're the, the, the headman vasilevsky yeah. you go at every position you know you go stud 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 so right. it's not like like they're chumps but as you said better speed depth on the on the colorado side yeah. which especially and, with point out right like and and as i've said to you in the past right i've, I've pointed right at the dubas plan when he doubled down on it, doubled down on it, and you're like, it's not working. And then he sort of goes away from it. Yes. And, and that also and you didn't look, work. Yeah, but but you look at this year, and, and again, I don't have a team in the playoffs, but I am borderline outraged by the idea that in that first round, man, there was a pile of penalties called. And they're like, see, we're calling it like regular season, blah. You know, like in that in, in the Toronto Tampa series, mm-hmm. pile of penalties. In the in the in the Carolina Boston series, and there was one game where Boston had eleven penalties. And then I'm good with it. Get yeah, your yeah. fucking stick I, down. I, 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 I know, but what I'm saying is, there's been some shit we've seen. Yes, it's gone. Now it's faded that's away a again. Bit like Hudson Bay rules, yep. right? Yep, absolutely. That's true at both ends, right? We saw. I don't remember who it was. I think it was in game four. Someone got to stick as in on Nick Paul's hands when he had like a wide open net. Uh, we've seen it go in both ways, right? It's yeah. It's and I don't want to see it anymore. No. And and, and we can double back to a play that already happened, but that Cadre goal, whether you like it or not, and whether you, we can debate the five seconds almost that it that it took for this for is the too many to men on the, the ice in overtime. Yeah. yeah. And you go, yeah, that happens 30 times in the game. Right. You go, that was egregious. When you saw that John Cooper press conference, you would have swore someone got shot in the chest. Like the way, I'm just so heartbroken for the players. And this fucking high school drama level, teary-eyed press conference. And funny enough, he gets himself a too many men on the ice power play in the next game, right? Like uh, that's clearly what he, he knew that wasn't coming back. He knew it happens 30 times a game. You know what the dead giveaway is? How many nights do we hear the play-by-play guy talking about the whatever the Ottawa bench up in arms about a you know a too many men, too many men? They're always yelling about it, right? The the players on the ice identify it long before the officials do. Not one Tampa player, not one Tampa coach, not Vasilevsky. Nobody noticed anything in terms of it being this most egregious th- until they went back and watched it on video. Yes, there was too many men. But in a way that happens all the fucking time. Could you have called a penalty? Sure. Did they miss it? Yeah. Is it that egregious? Not really. Like, Well, and here's the deal. Where it happened and through the neutral zone, like it's so far out. Condry still has to beat three lightning players yes. and Vasilevsky. Yeah, because it's the long change in overtime. Right. And, and so, uh, to me, it's a penalty. Sure. And now, that being said... The NHL, I really want to bring this back to the NHL. Call your fucking rule book. Call your rule book. Well, all, all four the refs time. said they missed it. No, I, I know. And that, that does happen. And, and I am more for that. You know, I, I'd like to, I don't want to see more robots or more eye in the sky shit. 
I do want to see humans wrap the game, which I, I, I know I understand flies in the face of what I'm saying, but just be consistent. Right. And we haven't seen the consistency in the refing through the playoffs, right? Regular season, dip. And then now it's like the rule book is is a sort of a suggestion. <laughs> you may want to call this. Sure. Right? But again, as you suggested, Cooper, in, in his postgame, I think there were people in that meeting, in that, in that postgame presser, who didn't know what he was talking about. Mo- most of the reporters have said they didn't. He said everybody's like... Uh, I think it was Chris Johnston who said on his podcast that as Cooper is going through this, people are looking at each other and pulling their phones out, like going back, looking at the yeah. the highlight. Like, what's he, talk- like, what what's he f- talking about? Because he goes, you guys, you'll see it. Like, And he's just so, and you're like, oh my God, this is the most. Well, okay, but you had people going going along, like Steve Coolius tweeting out going, it's the high stick. Yeah, like, no, everyone is just guessing. You're like, what? Yeah. And, and the next day, I'm ha- we're having a barbecue here, and my father-in-law is there, and, and I'm like, hey, so what do you think of that goal last night? Controversy or not? And he's like, what do you mean? Yes. He's like... I shut it off after the game. And this is it. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And yeah. I'm like, all right. So clearly, there's a bunch of people, and everybody's feeling okay I en- with I it. envy them. It's yeah, just of not course you envy them because yeah. those are her. They enjoyed the game, people. shut it off, went to bed, woke up, and I'll see you for the next one, right? So, yeah, yeah. to me, I think uh, as long uh, you've already put your uh, your thought out there that uh, Tampa's probably winning tonight and forcing it to seven, I think Colorado clamps down, gets it done, and uh, and finishes it off tonight just so that everybody can have a good laugh one way or the other uh, on Monday morning at, uh, at how far off we were. I want to talk about the... Uh, the big news at Ottawa here, we'll get to that. There's also some news on the Blue Jays as, uh, I don't know, last I checked here, they were getting just smashed today. So I don't have to, yeah. Uh, so we'll get to that and some all-star news there with them. But let's talk about Winnipeg for a little while because it has not been a good week to live in Winnipeg, much like most weeks where you wake up and realize I live in Winnipeg. But uh, Barry Trotz says, I'm not coming. I'm not going to coach the Winnipeg Jets. I'm going to take a step back and decide, you know, take some time, decide what's right for me. And at the same time, Pierre-Luc Dubois decides to uh, make it public, make it known. Yeah, you know what? Not that interested in talking contract. I got two years left. He's an RFA right now, but I got two years left before unrestricted free agency. And I'm going to test that. I'm going to see what I'm worth out there. And I don't know what the motivation is there. I want to get your take on that, whether it's to just don't ask me for the next two years about, you know, are you going to sign? What's that going to look like? Do you want to stay in Winnipeg? He's, he's come out and said, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm leaving Winnipeg, but I'm saying it's going to be two years before I check what I'm worth on the free market and, and go from there. Uh, take which, uh, whichever one of those two you like first, man, but it, it's not been a good week if you're a Winnipeg hockey fan. Uh, I want to start with the, with pre, uh, the PLD. Yeah. It, it's, it's, Back-to-back, it was back-to-back hockey nights. First off, Friedman said, Connor Brown has said he wants to test free agency next year. Like, 14 months away. Right. And then you're like, why? What is the deal there? And then the next time, you're like, Pierre-Luc Dubois has told Winnipeg two years from now, I'm 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 really to me if this is if this is a new leverage spot where where the athlete is trying. So to does say, Connor Brown have one year left? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and they're t- and they're saying now, hey, 
we're likely looking to explore free agency. So, you know, and that's it, period. Yeah. Which is leaving the rest of us to go, so if you want to trade me now, right. do it. And, and so to me, that is very much what I get with the Pierre-Luc Dubois. Hey, I got two years left. I'm not talking contract. I, I'm, I'm, I may not resign here. If you want to trade me now while my value is high, I... Yeah. I, I, I am... If I'm Winnipeg now... I'm saying, fuck you, man. <laughs> Saddle up. Let's go, right? Yeah, you're going to play here. Yeah, You're going to play. Yeah. And, and if not, you know, we saw what he did in, in Columbus, whether we feel like he pulled the pin, right? which I firmly believe he pulled the pin in Columbus. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got to be here, but I'm not, I'm not really trying that much. I don't give a shit. Right? Well, then, that, that, that video clip of him sort of, Going out one door, doing a big pirouette, and coming back in the other door, and you're like, yeah, and the, and them getting scored on, you're like, that's how Phil Kessel keeps an Iron Man streak alive. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> Although I don't think they got scored on, did they? Uh, no, no, they, no. And uh, so Phil's wife did. That's why you had to get home. That's yeah. Uh, this is it. Good for you, man. Thank Good for you. you. Buddy, uh, you know what? The t- the difference to me here a little bit. I don't really get the Connor Brown one, and it's a it's a good example because he did do the same thing. PLD. Two years from now is when everybody's talking about the cap explosion, right? The debt will be paid off on the escrow, all that extra money that the owners have paid out. And in theory, if everything goes, and they they did just announce here in the last week or so that this was the most profitable season in NHL history. Now, that doesn't flatten the cap. You've still got a pile of money left to be paid off if you're the players. But it does appear that they're on. Yeah. How much of that is TV money? They're saying a big part of it is TV money, but also Seattle bringing in, like Seattle, still to this day, if you go on NHL.com or Lids or whatever and try and buy a Seattle hat, which I have tried to do, okay. sold out, man. Like the, so merch. The, the merch has been a big part of it. Um, the, all the gambling money that's come in, okay. selling uh, the, the ads on the jersey, which is going to be a thing starting next season. Because so, you still had Canadian cities. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it's shocking, right? With, we had empty arenas this year. Yeah. And it still was a record-setting year for the NHL. So uh, it doesn't take too long to look at a Canadian, you know, Hockey Night in Canada broadcast right now and see that the gambling money is flowing in pretty handsomely. Uh, We'll see where all that goes. But they've set a record there. So they appear to be on track for this two years. And if that coincides with when your contract expires, I'm not signing shit either. Like, I'm not going to lock up right now under this current system and go... we can argue over the number if you want. Is Pierre Luc Dubois an eight million dollar player right now? In two years, is he a ten and a half million dollar player? Like yeah. Austin Matthews right now, making eleven point five, I believe it is. He's up in two years. If that's the year the cap jumps fourteen million dollars, is he taking every penny of it right for Toronto? Um, wow. That's that's to me what I took from the Pierre Luc Dubois. He's not going to say it. He's not going to go. That's when all the money's going to be. And he should just say it because to me. Yeah, man, I, that's not the market. I don't want to sell myself in this market. I want to sell myself in that market when everybody's got more money to spend. And to me, that's a totally reasonable thing to say. If the cap's going to be at 91 or $94 million in two years, yeah, I'll sign a contract then, maybe in Winnipeg, but I'm not doing it until I see what that looks like. That's, that's, that's interesting, and you, you certainly cannot discount that. Um, but to me, it's, it's 
at this point, we all understand it's a business. Yeah. The, the, the hardcore fans, the same fans who are going to come at you online or understand it's a business. And so if that's your deal, yeah, say, hey, there's, I, I'm not talking anything un- until 2024. Right. Right. We'll talk about it then. Yeah. But and it might to be me, here. The, the idea that, like, for you to be bringing that, no one's talking about your contract right now because nobody can talk about your contract for a solid year, anyways. Yeah. So why are you bringing this months. up now? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think part of it might, maybe was the, and it was a bad move PR wise, if this is what, but just please don't ask me about this. There, I've answered your question. Don't ask yeah. me. Don't keep asking me every day. Although now they're going to ask him. Do you wish you hadn't said that? What do you think of that quote? If you change your mind on that quote, like hockey media is kind of brutal. Um, But I think that was probably part of it. Like, here's my intentions. Let's not be talking about this every day for two fucking years here. Right. And and who, but who did ask that? Because again, I understand as soon as July 1st, you know, 2023 rolls around, they're like, are you signing? You can sign contract talks. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you love Winnipeg, right? You love us. Don't you? Yeah. Come on. You're going to sign here. What's happening? You know? But uh, to do it two years out to me means that there's that there's got to be some other motive to it. Yeah, he's given a little twist. It's a wouldn't mind if you felt like trading me. And yeah, because you know what, I, I I wouldn't. And and this is a place where you know his dad works. I think for the Moose. Or, yeah, I believe that's right. Yeah. Like he's in the organization. I think his parents live in the city. Yeah. It's not like yeah, I hated here. I'm I feel estranged or I feel lots but, of people hated in the city. Their parents are in. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. All right. And I get that, right? You're like, I feel like if I'm a 23 or 24 year old guy, I'd like to be anywhere yeah, off else. Off in but, my university town somewhere, right? Yes. Yeah. But I, I just think, and your point is valid and, and, and interesting, but to me, this is, this has got so much more to do with, yeah, I'm probably not staying in Winnipeg. If you wanted to get rid of me now while my value was high, especially after the world championships. Yeah. Name is around a lot. There's a lot of talk about how dominant I was over there. This may be worthwhile for you to uh, flip me. Do it now, yeah. Uh, Barry Trotz decides, I'm going to take a step back, not coach this season. It wouldn't shock me. I don't know if you feel the same way if, you know, by Christmas, a better team isn't going the way they want to go and maybe he's willing to step in then. Uh, But he does say to Winnipeg, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to do this right now. He's the Manitoba guy. I think the organization and the fans really had their hearts set on trying to get that. He was clearly their number one option. And they just find a, or they sort of find themselves behind the eight ball now because you've let some big name guys get you know swept up off the market while you were waiting on Barry Trotz. And whoever you turn around and bring in now is very clearly second choice at best, right? And they're going to know that coming in. Whether that matters to you or not, uh, I suppose is irrelevant, but um, or you know varies from person to person. But Winnipeg kind of finds themselves in a rough situation on this. I clearly that was their guy, and they once you don't get him, and you know Bruce Cassidy goes and signs somewhere else, and uh, Pete DeBoer signs somewhere else, and you know John Tortorella signs somewhere else. A lot of these names have have disappeared. I don't think this is a good look for the Jets, especially on the heels of the the PLD thing. It's been a rough week. Well, and and here's the thing. Who is, who was, let's, let's, let's dial it back a month, right? Or at least to the Cassidy firing. Who were 
the top two coaching choices of those available, including, you know, you got DeBoer, you got Cassidy, you, you got Trots. Trots. You have Babcock, Travis you have Green. Quenville, you have Travis Green. There's all kinds of DeBoer. You got all these guys out there. Mm-hmm. Who were the top two choices, in your opinion, Matt? If I was wanting one of them to come coach the Leafs, it'd be Cassidy or Trots. Yeah, so perfect. Yeah. And, I, and I agree with you 100%. Um, the thing is, if you're Winnipeg and Hey, I'm speaking to Winnipeg right to you from (laughs) Ottawa. Um, if Trotz isn't a Southern Manitoba guy, you got no shot. You got no (laughs) chance, right? There is no talk of Barry Trotz to Manitoba. If there isn't the, I'm going to go home and, and I'm going to do my thing. So the fact that they either got some mixed messages from Trotz. I think they did. Like he he obviously said, like I'm considering it. They or they wouldn't have waited this long, don't you think? Uh, I I I think the fact that that Trotz has sat on the shelf this long and let a bunch of a bunch of opportunities go, and then told Winnipeg, hey, I'm I'm sitting the year out, right? Like. Why wouldn't you take lose money for one more year if you had to, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it just seems weird that you would let other, perhaps better mm-hmm. opportunities. Now, Trotz, I think Trotz could go in to Winnipeg and with a Vezina candidate goalie yeah. and an aging out, you know, um, not aging out, but certainly closing window but some really good yeah, Wheelers get Connors. It's Wheeler is really the guy who's yeah. aging out. And he's now but, there's talk. He might be wanting out too. And whether Shifley is going to be back. Like, I don't know what's yeah, happening yeah. there, man. It, it is a bit of a mess, but you are talking about a small market team, yeah. a small market Canadian team, which is with owned money. By like one of, owned by one of the three richest yes. families in the country. Yep. Money is not a real issue. Yeah, there. They could have paid trots if he wanted to come. And so, and the guy was going to get beer for life. Yep. Like, I, I'm just, if, if you were going to do it for, you know, home province, home area, beer for life, yeah, I, it's, I, I get the feeling that he was never going there and it was a bit of a long shot. Hmm. Um, and they could have rehired Paul Maurice. Who the Panthers turn around and hire. And sorry, Andrew Burnett, coach of the year candidate. You're yeah. out. That's yeah, an that's, interesting one too, man. That is super interesting. But uh, to me, I personally feel like it was never going to happen. It was a great story. It was it was heavily talked about, but I feel like it was never going to happen. Hmm. I, like I got a different is, feel that on that. Is that is a make me, a movie about it kind of thing. Sure, uh, but to me, I, I got a different feel on it. That was just sort of seemed like he's considering it, and you know, if I can get some of that that Hudson Bay Company money, or I don't even remember who owns the. Thompson, it's yeah, it's uh, Thompson, it's, but I don't remember. I thought he owned it's one newspaper of them. money, I believe. Right, that's right. So, you know, I, I think maybe there was some using it for leverage if I could get the job I wanted, maybe. But I think if they ponied up enough, I did have a feel, or I kind of felt like maybe he would do it. And at the end of the day, you know, part of what you said there a few minutes ago also rings true. If I've been on the shelf this long and I'm not like leaping at opportunities to get back in, maybe I'm just not feeling it right now, right? Like in in that case, it's probably not worth doing and especially under the microscope that is going to be, you know, the Manitoba coach coming home to Winnipeg on a team that may be on the wrong side of a bit of a slide here. I do believe he could help them, but enough to turn them right around. 
that would have been interesting to see. You did lay out some key key pieces to what is typically a good recipe for a Barry Trotz team. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't feel like it was as pie in the sky as you did. I guess, but no, no. And, and but the thing is, if if you are Trotz, generally acknowledged to be one of the top two or three coaches in the league, mm-hmm. and you see that Vegas, you see that Panthers opportunity. Like these are two teams. Yeah, the the the, the Knights had their their injury issues and and whatnot. Yeah, but you know that that's an opportunity. That's a team that's going to try oh, and win yeah, now. Yeah. Panthers trying to win now. Yes. And you're like, and, and I don't or Boston even with yep. whatever. Yep. The you know I don't jump at one of those, and I go. I just feel like you are tugging at the heartstrings, looking for the good storyline to think that he's going to say. Yeah, I, I am gonna go. I'm gonna go home and 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 try and and do the good deed there. Now, f- going completely con- contrary to what I'm saying, if there is a guy who who probably doesn't really care, it it seems like it's Barry Trotz, right? Right, the guy who would say, "I don't need to be in the the Boston, the big original six market." Sure, yeah. You know, I, I love my time in Nashville. I, I still yeah. have a home in Nashville. I could certainly go home. Islanders second com- fiddle in New York, right? Like, uh, yep. seems fine with that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's it was an interesting story. It's obviously not going to happen. It looks like now he will take a step back and and just sort of see what happens. Whether he takes a whole year off or waits for, uh, you know, a team underperforming to uh, to punt their coach and and. You know, maybe that would be a spot for him. I guess we'll see what that's going to look like. I do want to touch on the Sens here in a bit because they actually made interesting good news for once here. But uh, let's switch gears just to keep things fresh a little bit. We'll come back to that. I want to talk about the Blue Jays and more so, uh, it's been an interesting week. You can certainly touch on that if you want. But we did see the first voting results come out uh, for the All Star game, the first round of balloting, and leading all AL catchers, Alejandro Kirk. By like 600,000 votes. It wasn't even close. Uh, we had George Springer also leading. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. also leading. And uh, Bo Bichette also leading. Some other, I think Espinal was in the mix. And we were seeing on baseball Twitter, man, there was all of a sudden this, don't let a country turn around and stack the vote. And there is some rationale behind that. The Jays, in theory, have a whole country that, but it's never been viewed as this, you know, bigger fan base than the Yankees, who are usually in second in a lot of these spots. A lot of people upset, though, man. Were you surprised by any of these guys? And and certainly, uh, I think Kirk deserves it, but I was still surprised to see him with this huge lead. I'm surprised people outside Toronto knew who the hell this guy was. Wow. And here's the deal. This is Canada's a country of 37 million, mm-hmm. right? Which is dwarfed by the state of New York, right? Like, yeah. The greater New York area is is like twenty five million. Like, and all of a sudden, people are talking like every household in yeah in Canada was watching these games. Come on, give your it's, balls a tug. It, it's it's exactly <laughs> exactly tuck in that second chin and get a <laughs> get a move on. All right, you mouth breathing <laughs> idiot. Um, it is it, the guy. The guy is, and they've they've said it all the way long. And and I think on Saturday. In, in the game, they flashed it up. But he is first 
Alejandro Kirk is first in in virtually every offensive yep. category for a catcher. And like it's not even close in right, some of yeah. them. And so you're like, the guy deserves an all-star bid. Yep. Like to me, of all the other we look around and go, Guerrero, that's a guy who's having a okay year. Yeah, you could make a case this year, Ty France should be ahead of him, or Rizzo maybe should be ahead of right. him, right? But so he's getting the love based on the name and the reputation. And there are times in the All-Star game that's okay too. Like people want to see Derek Jeter and Ken Griffey Jr. and over right. the years, right? You don't want to those guys have to be there too, but they don't necessarily have to start, I guess, would be right. the argument. But you're gonna put Vlad, they want to see Vlad in the home run contest. Yeah. There's gonna be a bunch of things, right? But but there are other guys to point to to go, yeah, that's an issue. Like Springer is Springer's hitting like two sixty. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's to me So Canada is is stuffing the ballot box a little bit here. Of course, of course. I, I don't disagree, but to me, Kirk is not the guy I'm pointing to. At least when we fuck with voting, a baseball game gets ruined. In the U.S., yeah. a society gets ruined. That's like, yeah. let's keep things in perspective here. Are people going to storm the Capitol? Is yeah, that going to happen here? Yeah, we're going to storm the MLB offices in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, man. I want to see it. time for that, yeah. Yeah, and, and so to me, it's, it's, it's interesting. Disclaimer, because... TCA does not actually wish you would do it. <laughs> Just yeah. one one guy in a TCA hat smashing <laughs> <Yes>. windows. <laughs> we do not need to be on a CNN special or a CBC national expose. Oh, might be saying, good for downloads. Yeah, exactly. You and I, you and I, encouraging this kind of thing. Yeah. Come on, Pence. You know what you need to do. We don't need that kind of thing happening here. No. So no, Pence. we absolutely do not do not encourage you to smash windows or no. riot. Yeah. Um, but I would like an old-fashioned pitchfork and torch. Sure. Could yeah. you do that? It's uh, getting a little alarming. This is now the third start of the year uh, today on Sunday for Jose Barrios, where he does not last three innings. Over his first six seasons in the majors, he only had five of those total. Uh, we've seen Kikuchi kind of what was interesting early in the year. Brutal. Some positive signs have has stopped being interesting and now is just unreliable. Obviously, Ryu gone for the year. We talked about that last year or uh, last week. Um, to me, I still think what was happening with Gosman is a little fluky, and he's going to be fine. Obviously, Alec Manoa continues to look fine. But man, you asked the question. I think it was last week. What's yep. the priority? Is it pitching? Is it a left-handed bat? Is it the bullpen? I think another week into the season, I don't think there's any question that. If it's not going out and acquiring a starter, it is getting your own shit tight within your own rotation here and figuring out what is going on. Well, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. And, and watching the Kikuchi start on on Saturday was yeah. scary. Yeah. Like I, I was I was I was watching it and I'm like like when you when a guy hits a foul ball on a ball that's thrown behind his head and just happens <laughs> to hit his bat. <laughs> Like that's scary shit, and and if nothing else, it reminded me of whatever Charlie Sheen's character was in Wild in Major League. Yeah, Wild Thing. Yeah, where you go, I, I don't know where this guy's throwing the ball. Get like, is glasses. it going to come at my head? Is it going to go over the like? It may be a crazy effective tactic. I have no idea. But Kikuchi is as a guy, and it's funny listening to Joe Siddle saying in uh, in Blue Jay Central before Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. He's like, 
If if I am if I am Moreno, I'm saying I'm throwing all fastballs all first inning. Right. Because Kikuchi seems to want to go to the slider. Yeah. Go to the slider. Well, the reality is watching the game, Kikuchi does not go to the fastball because he doesn't know where it's going. Right. Like, I get it. If I'm a pitcher, I'm like, no, I, I'm comfortable. I know the slider is going to be around the plate. And get my release point on the fastball. <laughs> I got no idea, man, where that ball's going. Well, as and interesting so, as they bring him in on a three-year contract, thirty-six million dollars, Joe Siddle after the game. I don't know if he still had it on on Saturday. Was suggesting no. maybe come Thursday because this is a big week. Maybe come Thursday, it's or Friday. I can't remember where he'd line up here. Uh, yeah, it would have been Thursday. Maybe he doesn't make that start. He said, "You know, you're you're struggling Thursday. with some arms here." But Max Castillo comes in and looked okay, right? You, Trent Thornton, I don't think you want to do that. Uh, he actually has looked pretty comfortable where he is, giving you kind of one trip through the lineup, maybe two innings in that relief role. But maybe Castillo could give you that, and it's kind of a bullpen day. Interesting that, obviously, uh, Manoa would go Wednesday. So if you can bank on him to give you his usual you know, seven, uh, you know, maybe the bullpen is in good shape to have like Castillo start, give you two or three innings and then have a bullpen day. But he's already kind of saying, you know, like this is a big week. You got three against Boston and then you have five against Tampa over the course of one long weekend basic, based on the uh, the shortened schedule, right? We were supposed to face Tampa in that they first They have two five-game series, I believe, against Tampa this yeah, year. Yeah, of course it's fucking Tampa too, right? But at least this one's at home. But yeah, they're playing Thursday night, Friday at 3 because of Canada Day, then Saturday a doubleheader, and then Sunday again at like one thirty. So your bullpen is already going to need to be – because Tampa too, they just grind on you, right? They just they, they just – fuck – so you don't really want to have, but can you trust Castillo, right? Can you, or excuse me, can you trust Kikuchi to to start that game in what's going to be back to back big series with Boston and Tampa this week, man? I I don't know, and, and it's funny when you look at Barrios' numbers; his his home numbers are far better than his road numbers, and that includes him getting absolutely smashed in the home opener, right? But um, you know, one third of an inning, yeah, not so good. Uh, man, it's alarming <laughs> Next right now. Level. It's alarming. Well, and and I have, um, I think last week when I asked you that question, I was putting a starting pitcher third of the of those three options. I said left handed bat reliever. It's been a big week since. Yeah. So now I've actually, <laughs> I've actually, I've actually flipped it. I'm looking for a starter. I'm looking for a reliever, and I'm looking for a left handed bat. No. Last, I'm with you there, man. Uh, because, because just, just yeah, yeah. to me, it is when you looked at at that sort of Barrios, Manoa, Gossman. You you looked at those three and go, okay, you know what? Come come October, yeah. if if it if it makes it to that, yeah, a you're looking rotation. Yeah, you're looking for a playoff rotation, not the get through August rotation. But all right, of a sudden, and now it, and now you go after like the Brewers to me. Not super impressive, right? right? For a for a team that was tied for the AL, for the NL Central. Good to see Rowdy though. Yeah, good to see Jonathan <laughs> Davis, right? Like just just some good stuff there. But you're like that is not a team short of, you know, they got some pitchers, they got some arms down yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but that's not a lineup that you go, oh, I'm I'm intimidated by that. Right. That's a team that that likely gets eaten up in the AL East. Oh, for sure. And, and yet. We lose two or three. They lost 10-3 final today. Yeah. And so 
it's to me, it's it's you need to have arms, right? When you give up eight in the first two innings, you don't stand a chance, man. No. So I kind of miss when the pitchers were killing it and you were just waiting on, like, I know the bats will be fine and you're just waiting on them to get there. Now the bats are fine and you're like, oh my God, like the rotation's on fire. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, when, when have we done like an opener? Fire. Yeah. Right? It, 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 it seems like, but then you're like, man, my bullpen isn't there, right? The yeah. bullpen is constantly taxed. Yep. Right? And remember the days when we were worried about Romano getting overused and you're like, do we see that dude anymore? Like, right. Well, we're losing a lot. So it's... Who knew he was going to be off for the month of June? Right. Like, forget it. Yeah. Who uh, cares? Let's talk a little. Speaking of who cares, thank you. Let's uh, talk a little Ottawa Senators here. As there was some big news this week in uh, in the nation's capital. And it's funny because we talked about this before we fired up the mic. You and I, we've discussed this exact story before. Not just that, you know, there's lots of stories you talk about multiple times. No, we have done the story we have done the show before based on hey this week the ncc announced that the ottawa senators will be part of a new development at uh, at LeBreton flats but that news does come down about six years after it first came down and look i, I want to hand this to you to get your first opinions on it but my my initial takeaway was this always remained the most logical solution but god damn the the roadmap to get here, the time that was wasted, the damage it's done to the franchise financially to have wasted all that time and, and its reputation. I, there was no doubt. I, I tweeted out at Talk and Audio, this is a good day for Sens fans, but motherfucker, the road to get here. Like, Well, and we talked about it recently, that 2016 you know, memorandum of understanding which we talked about on this show in 2016 yeah. um, had that fallen, you know, followed the path it was supposed to this October, the home opener would be in that brand uh, new Breton downtown, right in, in central Ottawa. You would have that team, hopefully ascending. Yep. Right. New barn, yep. and you're like, bam, bam. Man, the excitement would be just shit off the is charts. going in the right direction, yep. and 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 you're like, okay, but now we're still talking, possibly, you know, hopefully five or six years down the road, yeah, if everything falls through from here, right? Falls through is a bad choice of words. <laughs> that not the t- that's yeah. the choice I would have used. If, <laughs> if it stays the course, yes, from here, now. We don't get to opening night if we don't have this past week. That's a, that's an understatement, right? But um, this was the place that when they won with their $50 million, we'll pay that entry fee in 1991 mm-hmm. or 90, whenever it was. This is where they envisioned the arena to be 30 years at LeBreton. Yeah. Like it was always going to be here, but at this time, the NCC, which is the national capital commission. And we should paint that out once more for people who don't understand because it's the nation's capital. There are large chunks of the city. that are owned by the country instead of the city. And you have to deal with both levels of government. And this is one of those pieces that is national property, not city property. Right. And it is a prime chunk of real estate yeah, right down by the war museum. Yeah. Right, it's there's a bridge right over to the uh, to the Quebec side, right into Gatineau. 
Um, if the arena was to go there, the, the new light rail that sometimes works. Yeah. Goes right by there. There'd be two stops servicing the, the arena. Time. It works yeah. all the time. <laughs> I love that. Sex Panther and the Ottawa Senators. That's what they should have named the LRT in Ottawa. Was taking the Sex, Sex Panther, Panther down to the game. <laughs> yes. How you getting there? Sex, Sex Panther, Panther, baby. Um, it is a Tuesday night in Ottawa. Right. That's what you know is happening. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a great spot to service if because Ottawa runs along the river. And so right now we're in the far west, and and now you know what it's it's seven far minutes west. from, yeah, it's seven minutes from where I live. It's like forty from where I live, and I'm in the yeah. west part of town too. Well, and yeah, Matt <laughs> is fairly central. Yeah. So there are people in the far east end where it's just not it's not super Fuck feasible. That. I'm not going in February in a blizzard to. Well, this is it, and you're and indoor. you're parking outdoor, and everybody loves to park. Yeah. But you got to walk, and and honestly, Portage and Maine. I know they talk a lot of shit, but that 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 Corral Center, that CTC parking lot, yeah. has got to be one of the top three coldest spots. Oh my god, on the earth. Yeah, it's true, man. It's hard to wear a so, jersey because you got a jersey under your skidoo jacket. Well, I'm actually wearing a full one piece skidoo suit, right? And, and a balaclava with my jersey over top. Yeah, it's 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 cold as fuck yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, but a nice downtown arena because as as the city expands, because we've gone as what well, as far as we can east and west, it's going south. Oh, it's going the, south like the franchise. Yeah, the franchise has been going <laughs> south for years. But in terms of a centrally located arena, which is what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. It services more easily all three of those, east, west, and south. And so, to me, that's a great idea. I, I hear the news, and as a diehard, I am I'm happy on one hand, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, where's the money coming from? Yeah. Right? It, it comes down owner. to, yeah, now, that's the deal, right? If if this if this memorandum of understanding of moving forward and the deal is people that the original idea was this was the carving this was fifty three acres to to sort of develop this new deal is only seven right right which is an important distinction yeah no the restaurants and the condos and the whatever that's gone you get an arena that's what you get that's right somebody else is worrying about that this new one is right down to just the 7 acres a um whatever they're calling it it's not an arena they're calling it a an entertainment complex or something like yes, that yes yeah. something along those lines and so at the end of the day i am i am sort of encouraged by by their Association with Sterling, Populous, um, Tipping Point, I believe it's Tipping Point, um, Live Nation. Yeah. These are some of the people they're working with. Yeah, they invested are partners and invest. Well, people you are essentially paying to make this happen. Yeah. So the the idea of partners is interesting, <laughs> but if nothing else, the 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 ray of light that comes with this is beyond a downtown arena is that this may pave the way for new ownership. If not, maybe majority money. Uh, somebody coming in saying, yeah, this is way more attractive sure. to us 
as majority ownership with a downtown arena on the go. This franchise just became far more valuable, right? If, if you're going to have that lined up out in front of you. And so whether or not that means the Melnick daughters want to hold on to it and, and create some more leverage out of this with the guidance of this board that's sort of taken over since Melnick, or whether or not they view this as a time to maybe keep a piece but sell off the majority ownership. Either way, this is only good for Ottawa. And even for just the casual, whether you're a concert fan or a sports fan, look, I, I'm a hockey fan. Would I go out to, you know, based on where LeBreton is from my place, I'm not going to see the Senators, but if Crosby was in town or a buddy said, hey, on a Tuesday night, you'd want to go down and see the Caps or something, yeah, maybe. But am I going all the way out to Canada for that? No, I'm going once or twice a year because the Leafs are here. It's got to be a concert I really want to see as opposed to, you know, Friday night, there's a couple of third-level seats. Of it. Yeah, maybe I'll go because now it's close. Like, this changes everything, man. It's, it's, it's such a big deal. Well, and, he, and here's the deal. For, again, for those of you not in the city, the Red Blacks used to play, well, they play in the same place, but it used to just be this, this stadium in a huge cracked parking lot. Yeah. And so you couldn't park there, you, or if you could, you, it, there was just nothing happening around it. They redeveloped that area. There's bars. People show up. There's places to eat yeah. and, and, and drink beforehand. And likely most importantly, am I right, Matt? There's places to eat and drink after the game. It's true. And so you <laughs> are now looking at a, de- yeah, a downtown arena that will be heavily developed around it. Mm-hmm. You show up early. There's all kinds of places to and one of the two light rail stations that have already been built there, which right now let you off at a field. Like there was, this is how you knew this was still on the table, right? They went ahead and they built these expensive stations for what was supposed to line right up with this new development. And right now that station lets you off and you can just, oh, like there's nothing here. Um, so even there just, is soon to be the new main branch of the Ottawa Public Library, I, Matt. I, I wish how I, dare you? I wish I'd shown more respect like an Applebee's or something, right? <laughs> a TGI. Right. So this is huge, man. And the Red Blacks, to your point, because this, uh, this new arena for the Senators, it sounds like we'll have basically zero parking available there. And the Red Blacks did the same thing. But they have made it so enticing. Free parking at any of the cities like Kiss and Rides, whatever they call them. Uh, free transit to get there. They don't want you to drive. They encourage you not to, and they have made it so easy for you not to, because no one really wants to drive to a sporting event either, right? It sucks getting out of there. And Hey, try drinking beer out of a cowboy boot. Okay. And driving home. Oh, oh, ah, okay. That's yeah. not happening, man. <laughs> so this is going to be the same. You're gonna, there's going to be a bus hub there. The train already stops there. It's at a prime location, and if you had to, like, it's not a far walk to find another pub or two. Down. Like you can be at Mill Street in three minutes. It's <laughs> exactly so. Exactly, this is so good, man. Honestly, it's it's such a big thing. It just it it really stuck out as I went back and I was looking for when we did this show the first time. It was it was 2016. We were still sitting in my shitty apartment dining yes. room, yes. recording on one USB microphone. That I'm speaking into yeah, Rob's right got now, it now remotely. Yeah. Um, it's been so long to get here. And it's funny, man, even anecdotally, just some of the people that I'm lucky enough to speak to now saying, you know, 
people are getting paid things from 18 months ago. This new what's happening right now, the Melnick daughters and this board or whatever, that that Melnick thing, it was big, man. He was clearly doing stuff out of spite. He had clearly and they are working very hard right now to clear all of that up. And now that you can see that happening, you can see other partners willing to start to go, okay, I'll give you another chance, right? And that includes the NCC. Uh, as you've mentioned, quite rightly, their share of this went from 53 acres down to seven. So you didn't get everything back you wanted, but they did kind of extend the olive branch and go, this is still here for you. And and let's not be crazy. It's good for the NCC as well, right? They they want this to work. It's an anchor tenant big time. And for not- sure. But yeah, this is... Uh, this is good for the Senators. This is huge for, as well, you said, a turning the corner franchise. That I know we're now a few years down the road before they get this built and done, but it, the frustration for me was to just go, I can't believe it took this fucking long to be right back where we were in 2016. Well, and, and the deal is, when I first moved back to come to Ottawa for university in the early 90s, maybe mid-90s, um... I bought season, uh, not season tickets. I bought a 12 game flex pack. Sure. Um, still down at the old, where the 67s play now. At the right? Civic. Yeah. Yeah. Down at the Civic Center. And I bought the 12 game flex pack then so that I could have an in when they moved out to the Palladium. Yes. Right. I wanted to be, I wanted my first dibs on, on tickets there. And so. Which, of course, became um, the CTC, whatever. For people who don't which know the became term, the Corel Center, yeah. which became Scotia Bank, which became Canadian Tire Canadian Center. Tire Center. Yeah. And so having, having, I bought uh, four games, went to four games last year. I, I am very interested in, with a young team, in buying a, uh, whether it be a 10-game, I'm not saying I'm going to 10 games, but there is a 14-year-old in the house right. who loves it. it, it in Someone a way who would of, buy the Leaf Knight off you? Yeah. This is it. Yep. I can always hawk that for the price of what I paid for my 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> not not for you, Matt, of course. Of course, no. Anyways, <laughs> it's, it is, I, I am looking at getting a um, a package this year. To me, it is... On a bunch of levels, I, I like what I'm seeing on the ice, and and potentially in the near future, yeah. If, if it if it gave me an opportunity in a new building, yeah, four five years down the road, six years, I have no idea what that really looks like. Right. But at this point now, it's very clear. And you and I sat here on the very day Eugene passed. Yep. And and as shitty as that is. I, I finished that I finished that pod with the idea that hopefully there's brighter days ahead. Right? And and that was my feeling was sadly with the passing of Eugene that perhaps something has been removed yep. Yep. from the from the path of this franchise where it can just it can just now be a franchise. That has the normal ups and downs. Sure. Right? Instead of the cratering downs. Well, this is it where you go, oh, downs. we got a shitty GM <laughs> or we got bad coaching or bad drafting, whatever those things are, as opposed to going, yeah, I got an owner who's who's using this like kids in a divorce. Yes. 
right? And you're like, why is everything so contrary to what a normal franchise would do? <laughs> yes. Sorry, Eugene. I know it's not been that long, but. No, and I, I said the same thing somewhat heartlessly as well, that I, this franchise feels more stable without him than it did with him, right? And Which is funny because, as we talked about on that show, he was the, he was the guy who came in. He was the savior. And saved this franchise. And so I know we, we were trying ago. to woo the, uh, the Snapple guy, <laughs> right? but it didn't happen. So we are now looking for all kinds of things, right? New ownership, perhaps. Um, a return of Alfie, who hopefully by this time tomorrow, maybe you're listening to this and Alfie's going to the Hall of Fame. No shot. You got <laughs> no chance. Yeah, okay. Hey, next Sunday... If he doesn't get in, I'm fucking firing up a Sedine tirade. I'm okay. going to tell you right now. That's fine. And we can do that. And uh, we'll be back in studio. But uh, you should also be aware that there are repeated clips from this show of you saying Daniel Alfredson is yep. not a Hall of Famer. Yep. So. Well, okay. I agree. There's a pile of people, though, it's a shit in this Hall of, Hall of Fame who are not Hall of Famers. Hall of Fame, yeah. Sure. It, it is a Hall of very, very good. Yeah. No, I and agree Daniel with that. Alfredson yeah. is very, very good. Very good. Yep. Agreed. But uh, yeah, it, one of the things that's bugging me on that is along with his, whatever, 400 career goals and is the 440 career goals is so good in the community, wonderful, charitable and all of that stuff. Awesome. It's a great reason to raise his, his jersey to the don't give a fuck when it comes to yep. the Hall of Fame, right? And, yep. it, but it I've also said it. to you, like, because I get the the tweets that are about to come my way for my Hall of Fame. Matt Sundin isn't in either. The difference yeah. is the five hundred goals, and we we place a value on that. But to me, that's not a that's has not Sundin, a Hall of Fame career. Has Sundin ever won a major award? Uh, the Mark Messier Award of Leadership, the Potato Chip Award. I think he got that once. Seriously? Yeah. That guy does not strike me as good leader. But anyways, all I'm saying is he also is <laughs> good for a, lays. he is a first overall yeah. draft pick. Which whatever you think of that, it comes with a pedigree and sure. an understanding on its own, yeah. as the Sedines come with. Agreed. Uh so we'll see what happens on Monday. The uh it is interesting to see just over the last couple of weeks there's been a huge movement on social media that frankly the Sens have not done anywhere near enough of, and um, they have boosted this one in a big way, this hashtag Alfie to the Hall. Um, you got to push. You got to campaign. You got to whatever. And the Sens have failed at that until this year, and uh, there has been a movement, and it makes me a little bit sick, but uh, that's how you get these things done, get the attention, get people talking about it, and get the, the selection committee to at least notice, get those numbers back out there, get the things that might convince them. I just don't have time. It, usually when you're padding these things with also super nice guy, ah, right? like the resume yeah, yeah. short, right? So. I got no, I got no, no, I got no time for that. Yeah. Right. I got no time for community guy or like I said, um, those are great reasons to retire or the franchise number. pillar, right? right? Like those are, as you say, ring of honor, which I think the senators have that somewhere up in the, 400s where nobody ever goes, <laughs> right? I, I think there's a section there that has... Under the tarps that cover the back few rows, probably. Yeah, and whatever, wherever you can't sell the tickets. I get it. I get it. Um, but the reality is, and I, I think the 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 addition to all this is, is not only 
the above average stats mm-hmm. that Alfie has, but the Sterling international career. And this is the hockey hall yep. of fame. It's not the Tretiak didn't play game. a single NHL game and he's in there. What's that? Tretiak didn't play a single NHL game. Yeah, and he's well, in the hockey you hall look of at fame, some of so. these, you know, Nemesnikov or any of these, um, Harlamov. Oh, sorry, recent. I thought you were talking about the seventies guy. Yeah, yeah, no, the, but the, but the recent guys that they've added in, and you go, yeah. To me, it to me, I think he is a he is certainly not an NHL Hall of Famer on his on his stats alone in the NHL. Mm-hmm. His his five Olympics and the Olympic gold medal. An IIHF and the, Hall of Famer. Yep, but I'm just saying yep. those. Yep, they added count. to the NHL. They count. They count for sure. So, well, anyways, we we'll can hit on this for sure. And it will be an interesting we'll, uh, decision because we'll, he had no. Sh- when your own franchise isn't even vouching for you, like, well, come on. Yeah, so okay, it, but, it, okay. it's good to see that they've gotten behind this. And, right. and, and once we've that just, happens, we've just spent fifteen minutes yes. prior to this talking about the ownership who did everything he could possibly do to get in the way of what you thought was a right thing to do <laughs> right. for the franchise, right? No, you're right about that. And and so we'll see what happens here because once the franchise gets involved, it sounds silly, but it's not. You get production value, right? You get clips, you get highlights, you get stat like all these things get stepped up a notch instead of just some douchebag tweeting out from a talking audio saying <laughs> whatever. Now he doesn't you, belong. Right. You get clips, you get things that actually can sway people, you you get retweets, you get likes, and you get attention and you have to have it, right? So well, you got to have that highlight of him banging Tucker into the end boards, and then I thought you were <laughs> going to go with the stick throw, but uh, both both classic sense moments. Oh, the stick understand. throw, or the or the or the the slap shot at Niedermeyer in yeah. in the 07 Cup <laughs> final. And you're like, thing. fuck you, man. Yeah, exactly. So well, and that to me is classic Daniel Alfredson. Like I I'm going to tell you what I think, and I'm not happy, and I'm going to tell you. As we wind this one down, we can say here, is Daniel Alfredson going into the Hall of Fame? Probably no. not. Yeah, probably oh. not. Exactly, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else for this one, man? Um, I can't wait to be back in studio. I can't wait to... Uh, I'm bringing some Brew Revolution pints for your birthday. Mm, all right. Next week. So I'm hoping that we're not too inebriated by the time we get to the mics next week. No promises. I have. I make zero promises because it is a five day weekend for Rob. That's next right. Week. Yes. So the week of Matt will continue at least. We'll stretch her out another few days, man. Who doesn't love that? Of course. Uh, don't forget Thursday morning, Creech and Bunda here to help us tee up UFC 276. It's a good looking card. Uh, in the meantime, we'll end this one here for Rob. My name's Matt. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Talkie and Audio. Give us a follow. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. And we will see you all next time. See you. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCan Audio on your favorite podcast app.